Hello and welcome back to another episode of The Advantage. I'm your host, Michael Fiddle. Today is Monday, March 6th, and today's episode is a full slate breakdown for the impending Monday night NBA games. Before we get to that stuff, we need to do a few notes of podcast housekeeping. First things first, we are skipping the mailbag episode for this week because we are simply too freaking hot right now. I went 15-2 and this weekend in the NBA, 7-0 and on Saturday, 8-2 and on Sunday, returned over 11 units of profit this weekend, and we needed to push aside the gambling theory and logic type of talk so that we could focus on what's actually happening right now, breaking down games, lines, best bets, and everything like that. The streak is too good. We needed to push that off to the side. If you did miss that episode, go back and listen. It was called NBA Gambling Mailbag Episode 1 or something like that. It was last week, 10 days ago-ish. It was a really important episode on gambling theory and logic. So if you are a newer listener, scroll back in the catalog and make sure you get that. For those of you who did listen to that episode already, send in your questions. We are up to like 18 topics now. I got a bunch of feedback, a bunch of new questions. I'm not sure how many of the topics we ran through on that first mailbag episode. I think it was like six or seven of them. We will eventually get through all now 18 topics, but I'm sure it'll continue to grow. We will continue to do mailbag type episodes and grow that list of topics hit. We will get back to that. But of course, like I said, when you're on this kind of a hot streak, just focus on the lines at hand, focus on the handicapping, break down the games, give a slate breakdown. That's what we're really here for. Second thing is follow me on Twitter and join the Sports Ethos Discord. My Twitter handle is at mfiddle14. And one thing I mentioned on the mailbag that pertains to the Sports Ethos Discord and Wager Pass community is that I highly recommended people track their bets, and I even offered to get the listeners a tracker. We are going to be providing trackers to anyone in the Sports Ethos Discord. It's going to be a bit of a premium boost. I will be doing a podcast episode about how to use it with a breakdown of the rows, the columns, the relative formulas that are in there for you to self-calculate. So in addition to all of my work, asking me questions live when I pop lines, access to other handicappers who cover NCAA, NHL, PGA, tennis, you name it, you will also get a coded tracker for all of your gambling bets and needs. And you really should be tracking because once you start tracking, you will see more relative success and you will start to understand yourself better as a better I feel like there was a lot of mixed words in there. You'll understand yourself better as a better. I think that makes sense. It makes sense to me. I hope it does to you. Lastly, there are clearly a bunch of new listeners. I'm getting amazement. I'm getting amazing engagement on Twitter. Questions, comments. You guys are picking up on things really well. I'm gonna try and shout more of you guys out on the pod. I love the feedback I've been getting. But amidst the amount of new listeners means I need to slow down and re-explain things that I have already have hit on. So whether or not you are an Advantage loyal listener, thank you. I appreciate you being here. Some of the topics will be great reinforcement for the newbies. Also, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Welcome to Handicapping the Right Fucking Way. As you'll see, let's start this slate breakdown right now. The first game that tips off is the Celtics taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers. This line opened at a Celtics plus 2.5, and I jumped in on it when I saw some 1.5s in the market popping up. The Celtics are a road dog at Cleveland because Cleveland is a dominant home team. 
But guys, I jumped on the Celtics plus 2.5 when it was the third quarter of the Celtics-Knicks game. The Celtics were up by 11. I think Grant Williams had just hit a three. Things were looking all good and swell. And I did not expect that game to go to double overtime. It proceeded to go to double overtime with a Knicks win. And now I feel like I'm on the wrong side of the game because I have a heavy suspicion that coming off a double overtime road back-to-back situation, Horford probably resting, Marcus Smart, who got dinged up in the fourth quarter but then would play in the double overtime, probably resting. I don't recommend jumping in on the Cavaliers plus four where it's at now. I'm certainly on the wrong side at plus 2.5. I'm just crossing my fingers that the Celtics are going to still try and make a push to get the number one seed back. And if they do play everybody, watch for early injury reports tomorrow because if the Celtics do play everybody, they are a matchup nightmare for the Cavaliers. We will talk more about matchup situations as the playoffs approaches, but just know or even go back and watch last week's Celtics-Cavs game that was a complete backdoor cover by the Cavs. They were getting blown out all game. The Celtics match up phenomenally with this Cavaliers team. I actually really like this Cavs team. You're going to see me in the playoffs backing them in more ways than one, unless they face the Celtics. So that was the reason for me to jump on the Celtics right away. It was a 10 towards line movement and seeing some 1.5s in the market pop up. It was understanding that this is a very matchup-based play. But then double overtime happened, and now I think things look very different. So check for early uh, injury reports. Maybe you could even grab a plus four um, and then get lucky with the guys playing and you have a great line. I wouldn't really jump in on the Cleveland side. I wouldn't follow steam hoping that the Celtics rest guys because the Celtics are still a deep team and have tons of great role players that could slip and slide in. So that's kind of how I'm reading this game. The over-under also opened at 220. I jumped in on the under. These are two very pesky defensive teams playing in Cleveland, second leg of a road back-to-back for the Celtics, as I just said. You expect legs to be a little heavier, shooting to be less efficient, and Cavaliers are just a dreadful shooting team themselves and play great defense. So Cavaliers going to be missing their own shots. Celtics, generally a good shooting team, but when you're on the second leg of a back-to-back, heavier legs, road travel situation, uh, probably not shooting as efficiently. That's why I jumped on the over. You're also seeing the double overtimes the double overtime situation start to affect the number in the total. It's come down to, I think, 218 and a half because I think the people are reflecting that Horford, Smart, those guys may sit and correspondingly you have to drop the total. So unsure. If I have to play this now, I would just play like the under maybe 218 and a half for a small play and I wouldn't touch the four. I'm on it plus two and a half and under 220. If you see those numbers pop up again, you can grab them if you want to, but that's how I'm reading the game right now. Portland is going to Detroit to take on the Pistons. Portland is also on the second leg of a back-to-back after Dame Dalla dropped 41. I think that was his 12th 40-point game of the NBA season. What an absolute animal that man is. He is a dog. Um, So Dame is going to Detroit to take on the Pistons. There's definitely some mixed messages in the market here. I jumped in on Portland minus six because I saw it move from six to six and a half. You guys know, actually you guys might not know, I need to repeat these things and slow down. Six and a half is one of the most important numbers for betting NBA games. It is because seven 
is the most common outcome of any NBA game. So I knew I wanted to get at a six and a half before it potentially reached a seven. So seeing some sixes, seeing some sixes and a half in the market, I was worried that it was going to get to seven eventually, knowing that six and a half is a significantly better number to have than a minus seven, because if it lands on the seven, you're pushing instead of winning. I grabbed the six where I could. However, we've seen some 5.5s in the market job. Right now, you can get a five and a half or a six and a half. That's what I'm saying by mixed messages in the market. Some of the books brought it down. Other ones brought it up. My impression of that, this like mixed messages showing some signs of reverse line movement because Portland's on the second leg of a road back-to-back, like I said. There's clear money coming in on Portland, but I think that dropping it down to five and a half has to be maybe Dame sits. Because if he's active, I expect Portland to play everyone else on their team. They're dealing with some injuries right now, but those guys have been injured for the past few games anyways. I don't think they're reflected into this line as being new injuries. I would say with this much money coming in on Portland and reverse line movement showing, even though Portland has been a team that the Sharps have backed so heavily all season and they've just won and covered as a road underdog in Orlando... I would expect this to be potentially Dame injury-related. I do think Dame is going to play. So for that reason, I'm very okay with taking the minus 5.5. I have a full unit on it myself. The Kings are the next best bet I'm going to give out. Minus 6, I'm on the Kings. The reason why I wanted to talk about this game right after talking about the Portland game is because, and I know it's not the next one up on the list, is because... The situation with the odds is very, 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 very similar. The Kings opened as a minus six favorite. We are seeing clear amounts of money come in on the Sacramento Kings. FanDuel is reporting 63% of the bets are on the Kings, but 72% of the money on Sacramento at home against the reeling and injured Pelicans. Sacramento balling and fighting to hold on to that number three seed Light the beam. They've won four out of their last five. They're trying to hold off these Phoenix Suns, Clippers, and steaming hot Warriors coming for their necks. I guess the Lakers kind of helped them out today. Anyways, De'Aaron Fox was added to the injury report after I took it at minus six, and it dropped to minus 5.5. I think that is the only reason why it dropped to minus 5.5. I feel very confident that Fox is going to end up playing, and I really like taking it at 5.5 where it's at now. So I would love to jump in on that. I also jumped in on the under 239. The Pelicans are just so injured. I know the Kings can score with anyone, and I know they don't play the greatest of defenses. Kings are are 33 and 30 to the over this season. Pelicans are 33 and 31 to the over this season, so they're both over teams. But that's baked into getting a line at 239. So nearly 240. The potential that Fox does sit If Fox were to actually sit, then you'd see this line plummet to like 234 and a half because his amount of speed, pace, and offensive efficiency and usage rate for this team, Sacramento's like, where are we going to get our offense next? They're going to go through Sabonis, which is going to be a much slower-paced game. So love taking the under regardless of the Fox situation, and I also really like taking the five and a half because I do think Fox ends up playing. You'd get massive CLV if he doesn't play. I still think we're going to end up with some movement towards the under regardless of that. What is the next game to go through? 
Oh, I skipped the 76ers versus Pacers game because I have no bets there, but I'll go through that again. Um, this line opened at 76ers minus 7.5, and, and it's come down to Pacers plus 7, Philadelphia 76ers minus 7. So we're seeing um, some money come in or some reverse line movement actually happening for the Pacers right now. I'm not going to follow steam and take the Pacers against the road 76ers. Obviously, playing it at the 7, it's tough for them to cover such a large spread. If you want to back the 76ers, I would just wait on this line because if it's moving from 7.5 to 7, there's a better chance that it starts to move to 6.5 or 6. And then if you could get it at 6.5 or 6, then that's where I start to understand it. Tobias Harris might be out. That's probably why the line dipped a little bit. We're going to see more of Jalen McDaniels, George Niang. Those things don't overly concern me. I think there's too high of a points premium paid to star players. Of course, if it's a guy like Dame, a guy like De'Aaron Fox in their situations because of the usage rate, those are much bigger differences. Tobias Harris, is he worth half a point? Probably not even that. The Miami Miami Hawks, the Atlanta Hawks are taking on the Miami Heat. And this is an important situation to listen to. Because... This is a travel-based play for the reason why I'm taking the Atlanta Hawks plus three. Generally, this is a matchup nightmare for the Hawks. The Heat match up with them really well. They're in the same division. The Heat get up for these games against the Hawks. It's kind of a little rivalry game. They played each other in the postseason last year. Um, They want to secure their their lead in the division and and maintain their playoff spot this year. Hawks are in the play-in area. Heat are in the back end of the playoffs, but avoiding the play-in in in that sixth range. So these games are really important to these teams. However, the reason to take the Atlanta Hawks in this game is because they played in Miami on Saturday, and now they're playing again in Miami on Monday. So the Atlanta Hawks have been staying in Miami since Friday night. I'm sure they went out Friday night, and that's why we bet Miami on Saturday, and it showed. But now they're there Saturday, Sunday, and playing again on Monday. There's actually an advantage. Shout out the podcast name. There's actually an advantage to staying in the same town on an away road trip for multiple games in a row. You see this happen when teams take on the Knicks and Nets, when teams take on the Lakers and Clippers and stay relative in the same hotel. And you see this all the time when teams do a back-to-back in the same place, in the same city, as the Hawks are now doing in Miami. We saw this this week with the Toronto Raptors in Washington, and they stayed there for two games in a row. What happens is the Miami Heat players are there at home, right? And generally at home's nice and an advantage because the other team's traveling in the air and their legs and their blood circulation's different and then they're sleeping in a new bed and their time schedules are off. That's not happening with the Hawks. The Hawks are doing practice, basketball, team dinner, meals, sleep, rinse and repeat. Miami Heat players right now are doing put the kids to bed, get the kids ready for school, do something with the wife, xyz they have more life going on oh cousin is coming over mom's in town things like that are happening for these miami heat players that are not happening for the hawks we will talk about this why this does not hold true for the nba playoffs the second the second i guess the second road playoff game you generally do a little bit better but we don't bet into this for a playoff angle for a regular season angle we absolutely do home court is not as big of a crowd advantage 
in the regular season as it is the postseason. There's less nerves. There's less juice. There's more routine in the regular season. So for those reasons, it could be a sleepy night in Miami, and it could be a night where the Hawks are juiced up. I really like the Hawks plus three, and I can see myself playing some alternate spreads like Hawks minus three and a half and selling points and taking a large plus money bet. If I can get that like plus, let's see if it's even posted right now. It is not posted. So check my Twitter. If this line doesn't move too much by the time that um, alt spreads are posted, I could definitely see myself on taking some selling points and taking the Hawks to cover like a three and a half point spread. I'm also on the over 227. We're seeing 227.5s and 228s pop up in the market. So grabbing that over 227 is great. That will also be correlated with moving the Hawks line, right? Because if the Hawks are rolling with their offense, the Heat generally struggle to score. So if this game shoots over, it'll tend more towards a Hawks type pace and game. Um, the Toronto Raptors are in Denver to take on the Nuggets. This Toronto Raptors team is different under Jakob Pertl. He is their centerpiece on defense. He is now in the starting lineup. I absolutely love Pertl on the Raptors, and I find myself backing this team heavily. And plus 7.5 is one of my best bets of the day. Not only is it a great number to have because you're getting it above the seven, right? So you get the seven, the six, the five, which are the three most common outcomes in NBA basketball games. You're also getting this Pirtle-led defensive team. Again, sure, yes, Joker, but like you want your best defensive. When you're going against the Nuggets, you want your best defender to be your center. You want to give him as many fits as possible. The Raptors have been on a very good win streak recently. They're not on a win streak. They've won three out of their last five, but they're playing actually tough basketball right now. So I like the Raptors plus 7.5. I do expect this Raptors-Nuggets line to come down to around 7 or 6.5 by tip. I would expect to see some reverse line movement here on the Raptors. There is Denver money coming in on the market. People love to ride a home Denver. But this Raptors team, I'm telling you guys, is more dangerous than what we've seen the last few months. They've kind of turned the corner. This Raptors team was all up in the trade news. Who's going to be traded? Is it going to be Van Vliet? Is it going to be Gary Trent? Is it going to be OG Ananobi? Is it even Pascal Siakam to the Nets after Kyrie was dealt? Literally every Raptors player was in the trade deadlines. They end up doing a win-now move and acquiring Pirtle and keeping the whole squad. So that has to provide a kind of sense of comfort to this whole team. And I expect them now to be trying to make a play-in, playoff push. Toronto is a team where if they're in the play-in or if they're in the playoffs, they're a team where everyone is saying that's not who you want to face in the first round. They'll give you fits. They're going to be very well coached. They're going to have a defensive scheme. They have shooters. They have wings. They have depth. So look for these Raptors to make a playoff push. Nuggets don't have too much to play for right now because they are so clearly in the number one seed. Jokic does not care about the, the three-time-in-a-row MVPs. He's not out here playing for that. So for that reason, I think 7.5 is just too long of a number, and I expect it to come down. That wraps up the full slate breakdown on the impending Monday night NBA games. Remember to go over it. My bets are Celtics plus 2.5. I don't recommend it. Celtics under 220, which I love. Portland minus 6. Kings minus 6. Both of those I'm still okay with regardless of the shaky injury news. Atlanta Hawks plus 3. Absolutely love it. Atlanta Hawks over 227 and Toronto Raptors plus seven and a half. I'm also on the under 239 in the Kings Pel Pelicans game. Guys, thank you as always. Peace out.